Blog Talk Radio. Black Politics Today. An eye for what's at stake in global politics and your source for the social, economic, and political impact of public policy on the African American community. Your host, Kelly Michael Williams, is a political strategy veteran with an undefeated campaign record and the political experience that spans nearly three decades from Mayor Willie Brown in California to President Barack Obama in our nation's capital. So get ready for a fresh and honest approach on the politics that affect you and your family the most. Now, your host, Kelly Michael Williams. I'm your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Thank you for joining us tonight. As I do with each and every show, I always pause and uh, thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for just allowing me to host this show. But I can tell you what's going on. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on right now, and it is just crazy. I mean, crazy, crazy, crazy. There's so much dumb stuff going on. Yeah, I want to call it so many other things, but there's so much dumb stuff going on, so much crap going on. That is absolutely insane right about now. I just can't understand uh, why we are in the position we're in right now. Um, I just don't understand, you know, what's going on, as Marvin Gaye said, what's going on? And quite frankly, all of us should be saying that. What the hell is going on here in this nation, in this country, and especially in Washington, D.C.? Um, it's 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 just absolutely in incredible and crazy is all get out you know you know there's crazy as my dad used to say you know you just three shades past crazy crazy which means that you just bum local you don't know what the hell you're doing you don't know why you're doing it and it's just absolutely nuts as the east coast is trapped under this winter storm we find ourselves becoming more and more concerned with the state of our nation and it's like why why? You know, be, 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 you know it, it, it's, it's absolutely crazy. You know, we're going to get into the discussion of the seat and deception, uh, which this country has been thrust into uh, by the incompetent and illiterate individual that we have in the White House. 
I mean, the, the epitome of illiteracy is, is what we have right now. Um, it's just absolutely crazy. Um, so it's like, what do we do? What do we do now? Um, and you don't know what's next. You don't know what he's going to do next, what he's going to say next, and how badly it's going to impact us. Uh, so, you know, what do we do? The Republicans aren't stepping up. Democrats are trying to hold his feet to the fire. But the people who are suffering, you know, are, are the men and women of this country who are federal employees, federal contractors, our military, um, you know, the, the border security, our FBI, everyone. Everyone is impacted. Our seniors, right? Uh, you know, people who are, you know, receiving food stamps, HUD people. It is absolutely asinine what's going on. And uh, we have literally no one to blame but the test tube baby in 1600. That's really where it is. And so, you know, I, I, I am literally just when I woke up this morning and, you know, turned on the news and start hearing, listening, I literally got a headache. I, I have a headache right now. It's like, what are we doing? What in the hell were you people thinking in 2016 when you elected this test tube baby, talking about, oh, yeah, he's going to be good. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. What the hell had he ever done in the past? At least you knew what the hell Hillary had done. And let's be honest, she hadn't done anything. She hadn't done anything. You ran around chasing damn emails that you yourself had you sent out and we found out there was nothing in the emails that had anything to do with national security, had anything to do with any violations, had anything to do with anything other than those people, uh, um, uh, Assad and Russians and WikiLeaks and all those folks had tapped into the, her emails, but they didn't give us anything. All they gave us was the internal workings of a campaign and infighting within the campaign between her and Bernie Sanders. Big deal. For any of you fools who have ever been on a campaign or know anything about the campaign, the opponents are always talking about one another. They're always trying to find opposition research on them so they can use it in the campaign. That's what campaigning is all about. And if you, and, and it was amazing to me is that you elect a fool who has no tenor in his tongue and what the hell he says, but you're going to bitch and complain about the emails from Hillary back and forth about Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was not a presidential candidate. He was an independent. You were Democrats. Why in the hell are you going to let an independent come into your party and take it over when he wouldn't even register as a Democrat? And now look what you have caused this country to deal with because you sat on your asses and you're like, I'm not voting for her because I don't like her. Who gives a damn who you like? It's not about like. It's about service. It's about ability to do the job that you're hired to do. How many people in your office like your ass? 
How many people? Because I guarantee you, everybody in your office don't like you either. But your ass is still there. And now we wake up to all this mess that we have to deal with. And the irony of it all, and it's not even irony, the, the, the tragedy of it all is that we don't even know the half of it. We don't even know where it's going to lead. We don't even know how much more is going to come out. And that's why I thank God for this platform that he's allowed me to have. And I thank him because it's like when you think about it, our broadcast each week and the discussions and the issues that we try to uh, talk about that clearly impact us as African-Americans, but impacts us as Americans as overall, our mission and focus, if never before, is more apropos than any other time that we've been broadcasting over the last, what, five, six, seven years now. Oh, we've always been relevant, but like 2013 and Ted Cruz shut down, this one is even more egregious than that one. Because Ted Cruz, you know, he was just being an ass like Donald Trump is and wanted to shut it down. But when I say it and, and call my guests and I talk to them repeatedly, there's always that one question I always ask before the end of the show. I always ask, what's at stake? This is exactly why and what I'm talking about. I ask that question and I use it as a tagline for black politics today. Because everyone in America is discovering there's always something at stake. The question is, what is it to you and your family? And over a million people right now are figuring out what it means to them. Because at the moment, those million of Americans are finding out what's at stake. Right now, more than a million Americans are finding out that elections have consequences. Not the 2018 election, but the 2016 election. Right now, more than a million Americans are finding out that even when you support the racist rhetoric and actions of this illiterate jackass, that your ass gets caught in the same net. But he's got money to pay for his ass. You're sitting at home without it. Right now, millions of Americans are finding out that when you elect a fool, you become the fool. Because now you can't take your vote back. And that's why so many white Republican women voted for Democrats in the 2018 midterm because they realized that their blind allegiance in 2016 came home to roost. And now they had to make a change. They had to do something because then many of them, and you saw them doing a campaign on, on television, on cable news. My mother has cancer. My daughter has a pre-existing condition. I have this problem. I have that problem. I'm afraid that they're going to take my health care. I'm afraid that this is going to happen. My premiums have gone up. My insurance has gone up. My prescriptions have gone up. Oh, yeah, but you were talking about Obamacare like, oh, my God, yes, the death panels. Oh, my God, we can't have it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 67, no, 72 times from 2010 to 2016, Republicans sought to repeal Obamacare. 
And then when they got the chance and they started gutting it piece by piece from DHS doing it, now all you folks got all scared and was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want them to take away my health care. Yeah, but you didn't care about anybody else's. So you didn't care about it when everything was hunky-dory and peachy keen for your behind. Oh, no, we can't do it. It's unconstitutional. It's going to bankrupt us. It's going to cost us jobs. There are more jobs as a result of the Affordable Care Act than there are under this administration. Every job that this administration has gotten has come out of the result of what President Obama put in place. For any of you who know anything about government and politics, those out years and the policies that have been put in place, they continue on until probably about mid-year, until probably about his, his, this, this re-election campaign come 2020. Then you're going to start seeing what the policies that this fool put in place are going to start happening. But let me ask you a question. What law, what legislation, what has this administration, this individual in this White House ever written, submitted, and put before Congress? In the two years he's been in office, he has not put one piece of legislation in front of Congress. Not one. Every piece of legislation has come out of Congress. Every single one of them has come from the Senate or House. Republicans, not one piece of bill, not one piece of legislation has come from this president. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And you guys are telling me he's doing such a great job. Blind allegiance is just idiocy. You're stupid and ignorant if you think by going blind that you're just going to, I mean, and, and, and sitting there and just allowing him to do whatever he wants to do isn't going to come home to roost. Millions of white rural Republicans who have been furloughed and voted for this racist ADD excuse for president aren't as happy and supportive as they used to be. Because remember back in the day they were talking about locker up chance, the locker up chance that they were so readily uh, oh happy about. Oh yeah, locker up, locker up. Well, guess what? Let's look at how many of these fools have been locked up under this administration. At least six, seven have already pleaded guilty. Forty of them are indicted, and you got more coming and more going to jail including himself and his kid, Junior. Because state prosecutors are going to lock his butt up so that his dad can't pardon him, which is going to be a beautiful thing in America. I've never advocated for people to get locked up, but these people, I want them to go under the jail. I want them to taste all that they've been given. Because the reality of it is, is that when you treat people badly, karma is a mug. You know, that's what they say. Karma is a bitch. Oh, yeah. Karma is a bee because it's going to come back to haunt you. And it will be right back there on you. Forty people involved in this administration or this campaign have either been indicted or pled guilty to federal crimes. And on a daily basis, we listen to this dude lie every hour on the hour about something. And the idea that he used to call Ted Cruz Lion Ted, 
for the past two years, this dude has been nothing but lying Don. I want to share, if you want to share your questions or comments with us, do so. 516-590-0143. 516-590-0143. Because this is going to be a rant night for me. I got a slight headache, and I got to get rid of it because I got to get all this off my chest. So I'm going to apologize now for any of the harshness that I'm going to say, but I ain't sorry for saying it. So I'm only apologizing because your ears got to hear it. And if I, if, if you know, hey, it is what it is. So if you don't want to hear it, bleep me in the five-second delay because you'll know when it's coming. Because when I think about what this illiterate, non-reading, attention deficit disorder fool has done to this country, is doing to this country and this nation, and is doing to federal workers right now. It just pisses me off that we're not up in arms, up in this, uh, on the floor of the, Senate, of the House and the Senate, making Mitch McConnell and Republican senators pull these bills that have been passed by the House and put them up for a vote, an up or down vote. It pisses me off every time I, you hear this fool say, well, I'm not going to put a bill on the floor unless I know the president is going to sign it. That is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to do your job, put the bills on the floor, let the people vote on them. You do not control what happens at the White House. So you let it go. It is what it is, and you put it out there, and you let your senators vote for it. Now, if they want to pass it, they pass it. If he wants to veto it, he vetoes it. Then you bring it back, and you do a override. Now, if you don't have the votes for override, so be it. But you don't sit there and hold the American people hostage because you want to sit there and determine whether or not the president's going to sign the bill. That's not your job. And I wish the people of Kentucky would actually get it through their thick, thick skulls and get rid of this old-ass fool. He's 90 years old. Darn near. Get rid of him. What has he done? But obstruct, obstruct, obstruct. And I know a lot of those in Kentucky, because that's a red state, like his obstruction. But I hope every one of you federal workers there in Kentucky enjoy sitting your butt at home and not getting a paycheck. Because quite frankly, when you allow your elected official to do what he's doing and what he has done since Obama got into office, making sure he had a, one, uh, a one-term president, unfortunately, it didn't work that way. He got two terms and you didn't get a chance to stop him. But now you have the food that you have in there now. So you want to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, we don't we don't uh, we like him because he's doing such a great job. He's not doing a great job. He's put this country in jeopardy. He's put this country in jeopardy in so many ways. In so many ways. And quite frankly, his deceitfulness and his deception is finally catching up with him. His lies are finally catching up with him. And they're going to hurt. And as my mom used to say, you know, you go write a check, you're behind can't cash. And quite frankly, Donald Trump and his kids have written checks that they behind can't cash. Because if, and I hope they do it right, if they do it right, Mueller, his team, the Southern District of New York, they are going to make sure that 
these folks, 70, 75, I hope they don't care, will find their butts locked up, not for federal crimes, but for state crimes, because then they have to do the time. And they have to do, and so there's no, there's no pretty prisons for state time. There's only pretty prisons for federal crimes. And even though they did federal crimes, right, uh, you know, he can pardon his son. But the irony or the good thing about that is that because they have to wait till Trump leaves office, they can charge him. And because he'll be out of office, when they prosecute his son, he won't be able to pardon him. And preferably, there'll be a Democrat in office after that who won't pardon his ass either. And that way, he'll have to sit up there with his pompous ass, right there locked up like everybody else. He can do it just like everybody else. The problem is that this next AG that we are likely going to get has written an open letter and has given it to Trump, condemning the Mueller investigation as being ill-conceived and that this bum in the White House can't obstruct justice. How do you, what do you mean he can't obstruct justice? Of course he can. He's already done it. He's done it openly. And because he's done it openly, people are saying, oh, no, he's just talking and tweeting. No, he's obstructing justice. And this is the guy who will be confirmed as our next AG. And that's the problem. Because someone who is supposed to uphold the Constitution is sworn in to protect us against domestic and foreign uh, um, uh, uh, adversaries. This dude has already tipped his hand that he believes Trump, he's against Mueller, there's no obstruction, and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be a lap dog and I'm just going to lick your feet and do whatever you tell me to do. And this dude is supposed to work for the American people, not the president who is clearly seeking to have his own AG as his personal attorney so that he can obstruct justice. And this Senate continues to keep their heads up this dude's behind and not say a thing. At least the ostrich will put his head in the sand. But these dudes, they either defend his mess or they say nothing, choking on his intestines. I mean, at one point or another, you should at least gag and spit up. But no, not these fools. These fools just keep driving, digging deeper and deeper, head more and more. Next thing you know, their shoulder's going to be up his behind. And the president, this morning, after I hear all this stuff, I'm, uh, oh, God, Jesus. I just, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe all the things I was hearing this morning. It was like one after another, after another, after another, after another. This dude has bent over backwards to accommodate our foreign adversaries from Putin and any other country that's an adversary against us. Um, I mean, he's never spoken out against Putin. He didn't do any sanctions against um, uh, Saudi Arabia's uh Prince MBS, uh, Mohammed bin Salam uh, al-Saad, he didn't do anything to him for killing um, uh, Khashoggi, the journalist. He's fighting, um, you know, he's, he's working and fighting with China, uh, but that's costing America some jobs and increased prices in our products, uh, products are getting over to China. 
He's doing whatever he wants to do with North Korea, although he signed some agreement or what have you, but North Korea hasn't stopped building their nuclear weapons. They haven't stopped doing anything. The only thing they stopped doing is testing them uh, publicly anyway. Uh, And then we find out today that he actually took the notes from the interpreter that was in with him when he was in with Putin for two hours in a two-hour meeting that no one even knew about. When he said it was just 15 minutes and they passed by each other. But he was in a meeting with two hours with no senior officials, just him and the interpreter, and Russia had their people. But on the U.S. side, there was no one on the U.S. side other than himself. And then he takes the notes. Now, granted, the notes may not have been that significant because it's the interpreter and she's just jotting down things. But the mere fact that you felt that you needed to do that, and that's the illiteracy and ignorance of this whole thing, is that he didn't know that those notes didn't have a lot of stuff on it. But he did know that he committed to and said some things in that meeting that he was fearful that she or he may have written down because they were taking notes that they could therefore be available to the public. And so he took them. And he took that leaving America vulnerable to whatever he told Putin he was going to do or agreeing to and to the point where whatever Putin said that he had been doing, either on Trump's behalf or going to do on Trump's behalf, and Trump doing whatever he's going to do on Putin's behalf by not condemning him, not sanctioning him. And as we find out here over the last week or so, the Treasury Department has now lifted the sanctions against the oligarch who funded the, um, the uh, uh, um, interference into our 2016 elections. Now, why do we lift the sanctions off the individual who funded the interruption into our elections? Why would the president direct the Treasury Secretary to do that? There's got to be benefit from him or for him to do that, or the benefit is to Russia, so obviously to Russia, for them to do that so that, therefore, information or something does not come out about Trump. And you still got Republicans cramming, fighting to see who can stick their head further up his behind and say, I'm with Trump. Believable. Unbelievable. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. How's your lunch? Mm, Good, Dad, but not as good as the sandwiches you used to make. Really? Sure. Remember how you'd melt the cheese first and dry the pickles on a paper towel so they didn't make the bread soggy? Oh, and then you'd cut it into four pieces with no crust? I did all that. (laughs) Geez, Dad, how would anyone forget something like that? You never know which moments will be the ones they'll remember forever. So take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one eight seven seven four dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 
Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. The bare necessities of healthy living are easier than you think. You better believe it. It all starts with the right balance of being active and eating well. You eat air? You're going to love the way they tickle. And the food pyramid shows you the way. With just the right amount of exercise and the necessary grains, vegetables, fruits, milk, and meats and beans to keep you and your family on a path to good health. Just the bare necessities of life. Just remember, every food group every day. Crazy. Start by taking small steps. Steps that add up to a happier, healthier life. Try making half your grains whole. Or start adding fruit to breakfast. Me and Baloo, we've got things to do. So eat right. Have a banana. Be active. Now move. That's it. And have lots of fun. Yeah, man. For your own path to a healthier you, visit MyPyramid.gov. Oh, man. This is really living. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Ag Council. You're listening to Black Politics Today, an eye for what's at stake in global politics and your source for the social, economic, and political impact on the African-American community. So join the conversation at 516-590-0143 and share your viewpoint at 516-590-0143. Now, back to your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Kelly Michael Williams. If you want to join the conversation, you have a question or a comment, you can go 516-590-0143. That's 516-590-0143. As we learn more today about what's going on and what has happened here uh, with this administration, we learned that the FBI, um, back in July of 2017, right after Trump went on the air with uh, Lester Holt and told him the reason why he fired Jim Comey was because of the Russian investigation. Now, when you have someone, <laughs> when you have someone who doesn't read and possibly can't read. And you say, well, how can he can't read? You know, how do he get through school and everything else? Well, you got money, you can pay people to do stuff. Okay. I mean, let's think about this. This guy is the president of the United States. And he won't read any briefings. He has everybody tell him what the briefing says. Now, the way that people who don't read or can't read or have difficulty reading do is they always say they pretend reading it and then they start asking you questions or they try to get you to basically tell them what it said. Um, Or they'll just say, oh, well, you just go ahead and tell me. And then a person will tell them, okay, all right, well, I got it. And that's why they use the quote-unquote wall as a metaphor for him to talk about immigration. That was something easy for him to remember, a four-letter word, wall. He can remember that. You know, give him something else, a little bigger, you know, like Constitution, he can't do that. (laughs) That means he has to actually read them to know what they say. He can't do that. And he doesn't have a good memory, 
So he can't memorize them either. That's why he stumbles, lies, and repeatedly lies. Because, one, I don't think he really cares that he's lying. Two, because he figures, like, I can just lie. No one cares. And since I got 30% of the Republican base, I can keep that, you know, whoever it is. All I got to do is say fake news, fake news, and beat them up. And if I get 41%, I can win. And he's probably right because Clinton only got, I think, 46% or 42% when he won his reelection. You know, so, you know, there there is that possibility. Um, but here's the deal. You had the FBI open up a counterintelligence probe or investigation into this president, a sitting president. Talk about being reckless and derelict of your duties. He opens, the, the FBI opens up a counterintelligence probe meaning they had to go through the highest chain of command, even to Jeff Session possibly, or in this case, because he was recused, to um, uh, uh, Rosenstein to get permission to open up this probe and this investigation, which came about, as I said, before the break, because he admitted, or I, mean, I just said it, at, in terms of him admitting to firing James Comey. That's how ignorant this dude is. By not realizing that he could not go on national television and be pompous and arrogant and say, I did it, yeah, because I didn't like this, and not think that there were going to be consequences. Herein lies the problems with electing someone who is as narcissistic, arrogant, and pompous as Donald Trump. When they say to you, I know more about the military than the generals, and they've never spent a day in the military, and this is someone who skipped out on the military because his feet hurt, but yet he's going to tell you he knows more about the military than the generals. He knows more about what to do than the generals. Trust me, I know more about this. I know more about technology. I know more about the economy. I know more about foreign affairs. I know more about anything. When his behind was doing nothing and knows nothing about anything, for that matter, which has been proven every time he opens his mouth, that the FBI has opened up a counterintelligence investigation against him. And yet, we have not heard from any Republicans on the Hill about anything. None of the Republicans have said one thing about it. Not even those who've retired and gone home. Nobody. Not even Mitt Romney. No one has said anything about it. So why haven't they stepped up? Why didn't they investigate him or at least slow him down when he was doing all this stuff, why didn't they put some checks and balances on? Because for these Republicans, when they were in complete charge and now in the Senate, getting policies that they want is more important than the Constitution that they're supposed to serve and uphold. But think back. Remember when Obama was putting together the Affordable Care Act? Every day, 15, 20 40 times a day, you heard it was unconstitutional, unconstitutional, unconstitutional. 
until the Supreme Court said, yeah, it's constitutional. But they haven't done anything, anything to try to stop this dude. And even now, with the government shut down, Mitch McConnell is not taking up any bills. Any bills. And see, everything is coming out. And that's why I said the lies are catching up with him. Finally, the lies are catching up. Because everything he's done, everything they've done from the Trump Tower meeting to all the other meetings they had, it's amazing to me how every single one of the staff, aides, anyone associated with the campaign and or with this administration, anyone who had anything to do with Russia, none of them seemed to remember they had anything to do with Russia or they met with Russia or they had anything. And every last one of them left it off of all of their forms, denied it in confirmation hearings. Nobody did anything or remember anything about Russia. And yet we figure out and we find out now that everything has to do with Russia. Now, they didn't have any problem putting down they met with people from China or from the United Emirates or from London or from, you know, Israel. They didn't have any problem putting those people down. They met with those people, everything else. But every last one of them, Jared Kushner, Jeff Sessions, everybody denied ever meeting, talking, or seeing anybody from Russia. And yet we find out every last one of them met with them. Even when Bill Clinton was impeached for lying about an extramarital affair, none of it and no one ever accused him of violating national security issues of policy. Not for meeting with a foreign power or advocating his responsibility to uphold our constitution against foreign enemies. Not even obstruction of justice. They tried to get him on obstruction of justice because he wouldn't talk or they thought that he was trying to get Monica Lewinsky not to talk. But they couldn't even get him on that. The thing with Bill Clinton was, after all the investigations he was subject to, that's what led to the discovery of the affair, which he lied about. But not Ken Starr, not Brett Kavanaugh, not Newt Gingrich. No one ever said that Bill Clinton's impeachment, uh, other than for the affair, had anything to do with any of the crimes. And I said crimes because they are crimes. And yes, he will be found to have violated these crimes or committed these crimes. None of them were that Bill Clinton did any of that. He lied to the investigator. That was a crime. That's what he got impeached for. He lied about an affair, an affair that had nothing to do with national security, had anything to do with uh, shutting down the government, had anything to do with costing people their jobs, had anything to do with costing our country its sovereignty or security, had anything to do with anything violating the Constitution of any sort. But this guy, why do you think Republicans are so quiet, so silent? Because you know, even my Republican friends, even Greg, if I had Greg on the phone, although Greg is, you know, a different case, we don't know if he would say so or not. But I would think even he would have to admit that this dude here has gone above and beyond anything 
that we could have ever thought possible. And as I tell you guys, someone who's worked in the White House, worked in administration, worked in politics, we don't even know the half of it. Because one, we haven't really heard anything from Mueller, which is amazing that everything and everything, I mean, everything and anything that he has done has been kept quiet. We haven't heard a lot of stuff from the Southern District except what, you know, is public and you can get when you file and when you get information. Um, But the only thing that we've gotten is really from public statements from people who have already testified or from documents that were filed by Mueller for other people and through investigation, uh, through investigative reporting from people who have talked to people either in the White House or in other agencies or other departments, but not from Mueller. So when I tell you, you don't even know the half of it, trust me, you don't even know the half of it. This joker has done so much crap that it is going to blow your minds when he gets out of office. And I guarantee you, Republicans will flip because then their jobs are going to be on the line. Watch as we get closer to 2020. Watch how many Republicans flip. Every last one of those vulnerable Republicans who have already come out and said, oh, yeah, let's open up the government. Susan Collins, who voted for Kavanaugh, said, oh, I just don't. I believe him. I don't believe her. Remember her? She's out. Uh, Cory Gardner in, in, in Colorado, he's out. Okay? All these people. And in fact, watch for uh, Cornyn in Texas. I suspect that if Beto doesn't run for president, uh, he may try to take out uh, Cornyn, and he might possibly do it because you'll have more people they're saying this time they're going to vote and they get out there and they'll get rid of his butt. But you watch those 28 Republicans, I think it's 28, 28 Republicans, I believe it is, or four, 24 Republicans that are up for re-election that could, yeah, I think it's 28. They're up for re-election and watch. I hope every last one of them loses their behind. Every last one, even the ones in the red states. I hope they are. I hope it is a tsunami effect in 2020 where we have a supermajority in the Senate. A Democratic president, we get rid of Clarence Thomas. Um, uh, Ruth will retire and we get rid of one more on the Republican side. And we start appointing Democratic judges up the yang yang. And I want them for the first two years to leave this uh, nuclear option in, this 51 vote in, and just pass everything they can. If Democrats sit on their behind like they did in uh, 2008 and not pass every bit of legislation that the Democratic president wants, they all need to be taken out of office. Because I'm sick and tired of them doing the old, we want to be conciliatory and everything else. Hell no. Do what you got to do. Do it well. Get it done and make it happen so that our policies, your policies, or the policies for the American people are put in place and they can move forward. Because if you sit on it, inevitably, as with every midterm, there's going to be seats lost or something going to happen. That's why they need a supermajority so at least they can maintain and keep the majority 
when the next go round comes up so that those Democratic senators who could be vulnerable and lose, um, that they can you know, hold their seats. And maybe in 2022, that can be the first year that a president doesn't lose seats in the midterm because of all the crap that this president has done and the conciliatory Republicans who've been in office with him, you know, supported him and not done anything. There needs to be a strategy to make sure that continues to be highlighted, that we don't want to go back to what we had. We don't want to go back to what we had. Because think about it right now. This government has been shut down for 24 days. I think it is 24 days, nearly a month. These people are going to be without paychecks. Not only that, you have the idiocy of this guy talking about he wants to secure the border, but he wants to protect America. We need border security. We want to protect America. But yet the folks who are working down on the border are working without a paycheck. Sooner or later, they're going to be calling out sick, just like the TSA workers. TSA? In Miami, Atlanta, I think Boston. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick. I'm not coming in today. Why? Because you're not paying me. You're not coming in there working a 10 to 12 hour shift and you're not paying me. And there's no guarantee I'm going to get back pay. What about food security? What about the USDA inspectors who go out and have to inspect the cows, the pigs, the chickens? The, the, the meat, all the food that we're supposed to eat and consume that's going to our grocery stores. What about the FBI, those folks? You're talking about securing something, but yet the people that actually secure those things, they're not getting paid. Some of them are being furloughed. They're not working. And your buddy sitting in the office talking about, I was all alone in the White House. Well, that's what happens. The buck stops with you, not with everybody. But when you don't know what the hell you're doing, you should be alone. That's where you should be. Sitting up in the office, twiddling your thumbs, since you don't know how to govern or do anything else, that's what you should be doing. Because you're talking about terrorists coming across the southern border when you lied and told Nancy Pelosi in that Oval Office visit, we caught 10 terrorists. You didn't catch 10 terrorists. You've only had six come through since 2016. Six. So you couldn't have caught 10 terrorists. You lied. And your own agency, your own Homeland Security agency, your own little Secretary Nielsen Put out the report to say that you lied. And where we need the real, you know, where we need the, the, the protection the most is at the airports, but the TSA workers are calling in sick because terrorists that we've engaged and encountered have all come through the airports, the point of entries, New York, Miami, or, or over the Canada border. There's been more terrorists and more illegals coming through Canada some 45 were caught, I think, in the last, you know, I don't know if it was this year, last year. And I may even be short on that number or, or uh, lax on that number. I'm trying to get it from memory. But I think it was like 45 or, or something like that were caught coming through Canada. 
So our southern border is not the issue. Our northern border is. But, of course, those people don't look like the same people. So why do we have to stop them? Or maybe the HB1 visa people who overstayed their visa who sit here and stay in our country over because we don't track them and know where they are. But we're going to go to the southern border because that's, that's, that's popular. That's where we should go. Because those are the people that we need to protect ourselves against. Those brown people. Those black people. Well, Trump, guess what? In about 15 short years, if that long, this country is going to be a majority minority country. And just as you are afraid now, you might be terrified by them, but then again, you may not be around. That might be 15 years that you've been doing in, in jail, hard labor, which I doubt that you even last. And just as everybody rebuffed you at George H.W. Bush's funeral and just looked at you, you may not have that many at your funeral. As a former president, most will only come simply because they, quote unquote, have to because they are former presidents. But I bet if there's an option, they're going to take it. <laughs> and who will you have speak on your behalf? Hmm. Let's see. Maybe you'll have uh, Jeff Sessions. Or maybe you'll have uh, Comey speak on your behalf. Or maybe uh, your attorney, your fixer, maybe he'll do it. Maybe all the people who you screwed over They'll come and speak on your behalf, and they'll tell how great of a liar you were, how great of a shyster you were, how you didn't pay the people who worked for you, how you didn't pay the contractors who came out to do jobs, how you tried to sue everybody because you wanted to intimidate them to make them feel like they didn't deserve uh, the pay that you had promised them in the contract that you were under because that's what you did. That's what you did. You did just like your father did. But, you know, not that I would have ever met anyone 70 years old who still has daddy issues. Yeah. He raised you and treated you the way he did because he saw who you were. You were a liar. You were a crook. You weren't intelligent enough to follow the instructions. You were simply a test tube baby. That's what you were. That's why he had to bail you out every time you screwed up the investments he gave you. That's why he kept trying to make you learn and understand what to do. That's why you always sought his attention and sought, you know, his approval. But you never got it. That's why you have to get it from other people. That's why you have to try to intimidate other people. That's why Wall Street never embraced you. That's why the NFL never embraced you. That's why no one really, outside of these senators that you have with their heads up your behind and these members of Congress, because their jobs depend on it right now, no one respects you. No one likes you. 
you know, they do what they do only because they believe for them, they will be politically benefited when you leave office and when they leave office. They're hoping and believing that the Republican Party, as it will, will embrace them and keep them on and take them for something else once you are gone. And then they can revamp and, you know, rebrand themselves as someone of competence and do something. Quite frankly, the whole entire Republican Party is a sham to me. And not a sham in, in like, you know, crooked in that sense, but a sham in the fact that they have no spine or backbone to stand up to someone who has come over and jumped into their party, turned their whole party upside down, and now they're going to have to spend years rebuilding it and finding credibility. Because when you leave Donald Trump, the credibility of the Republican Party is already tarnished, but it's going to be completely annihilated then. And I hope, I hope Democrats do something that they've never done before, which I'm seeing them do now, which is stand up and have backbone. But I hope they actually put together a 50-state strategy in red districts, blue and purple districts, and crush the parties in the states, in the local governments, and on the federal level, and sweep through every piece of progressive legislation they want to sweep through and put judges in that will be there at, you know, their 30-year-old judges, 40-year-old judges that will be there until they're 80 or 90 years old. Feed them some vitamins and Viagra, whatever you got to give them, and keep them there for as long as you can. Because elections have consequences, but so do lies. And as I always say, what's at stake for you and your family? There's always something at stake. And if the American public, and if you guys don't realize that there is so much at stake, and we cannot just sit back now that we won the 2018 election and sit back and wait for 2020. No, you got to still do something because there are still elections in the off year this year. I think there's going to be some off year elections in, in different states and cities. You still got to get out there and vote. But then at the same time, you got to make sure that some of the policies going on in your city council, your state legislatures, and in Congress, those committee hearings and all things, get up there Get your name on a roll to testify and testify. Go in there and tell them what you think about the piece of legislation you heard about. You don't like it. You like it. You don't support it. You support it. You're afraid of it. You, you, you know, whatever the case is. Too often and too many times, we as African-Americans sit back and we don't testify. We don't participate in the process. We have to participate in the process besides just voting when it comes time to vote. That we must do every election because every election is vital to us and every election can turn out just like 2016. What we find out what's at stake is our ass. What we find out what's at stake is our freedom. What we find out what's at stake is our survival because we didn't think that electing someone who had never had elected office, who had filed bankruptcy four times, 
who had been divorced three times and talked about, hey, family values, who had not paid his, uh, his, the people who worked for him and didn't pay contractors, skipped out on things, and then had Russia helping him, we sat back and said, oh, no, he'd be good. He's a businessman. It was like we were in a hole, but we weren't because Barack Obama had already dug us out. The economy was good. The economy was moving. People who didn't have health care had health care. We weren't in, in turmoil in, in the Middle East or anywhere else. We had, you know, pretty much put everything at peace. But because you read something, you didn't investigate yourself, you looked at her husband's past as if it was a current reality, and you voted on something that you weren't even born or old enough to even know what it was all about. And now America's screwed. So you did good in 2018. Don't stop now. You still need to do good in 2019 and 2020 and 21 and 22 and 23 and 24 and every year after. Because until you realize that there's something at stake for you, you'll keep making the same mistakes. The old saying is that you never know it or you never pay attention to it until it comes to your doorstep. The people down the street got robbed, but I didn't. So, oh, woe is them. The people up the block caught cancer. It wasn't us. Oh, woe is them. The people around the corner lost their job, but it wasn't us. Oh, woe is them. But now it's at your doorstep. A million people sitting at home waiting for paychecks. Seniors sitting at home trying to figure out if they're going to be able to stay in their home. People looking for food stamps, getting ready to try to feed their children, don't know if they're going to be able to do that. And then you have the uh, acting chief of staff or the acting uh, uh, ombudsman, I think it was, say that, oh, these federal workers they, they were on vacation because they were going to take the Christmas holiday vacation anyway and, and use their vacation time. But now they don't have to. They're just on vacation. Really? They're not on vacation. They've been furloughed and you've told them that they cannot work and will not get paid. Now they're sitting at home. How insulting can you be? That's my rant. That's my talk. Until next time, if you have anything else you need to worry about, worry about what's at stake for you and your family. Thank you for listening to Black Politics Today on I for What's at Stake in Global Politics with your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Join us live each Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. Until next time, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and download us on iTunes at Black Politics Today.